It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June 30th, 2011. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here as usual. Dad, thank you for joining us tonight. Jacob, it's great. Let me get my mic over here where I can be heard. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's great to be with you tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. We look forward to our discussion. Yes, we do, and we look forward to your participation at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. And the chat room is open tonight. You can chat with other listeners. Uh, we have Larry, Paul, David, Steve, and Jeff in the chat room tonight along with some others. And so we look forward. Looks to Looks like there's special. several of you who are in watching the chat room, but you don't have an identity there. Give yourself a name. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, your actual name. You can give yourself a pen name. We allow that. Okay. And uh, uh, so you can comment. It's free. It's easy to do. And you just give uh, just set up your little uh, identity there, and you can join in the chat room discussion. All right. Uh, sign in and let her roll on the chat room tonight. Well, we've got an interesting program planned for tonight. And we've got some interesting programs planned in the future we'll tell you about as we go on in the program. Uh, but uh, tonight's program is uh, interesting. We have not talked about this in the past, but uh, you've got uh, some great uh, material here. Well, we want to talk tonight about some false views that people have about Jesus. And it's kind of uh, amazing, Jacob, when you sit down and sort of list them. There, there are a number of erroneous views that people have about Jesus Christ. Certainly. You know, there have been a lot of important people in the course of history. I mean... Obviously, volumes upon volumes have been written about significant historical figures and kings, military leaders, philosophers, famous teachers, and so forth. But Jesus Christ is the dominating figure in in human history. And I I think that that's pretty well agreed upon by everyone. Even unbelievers acknowledge the significant influence of Jesus Christ in the course of human history. And so... uh, uh, he, he is he is certainly well known. I, I, I imagine that it'd be hard to go to a place in this world where at least the name of Jesus has wouldn't be recognized or identifiable. But unfortunately, there are a, a lot of erroneous opinions about Jesus. Right, and that's what we want to look at uh, in, in our virtual Bible study tonight. It's interesting you talk about these erroneous views, and we'll, it'll run the gamut of people. Uh, and their beliefs about Jesus. It'll run, we'll look at some false ideas that people have that don't believe in Jesus, that believe he was a fraud, believe he never existed. But we'll also look on the other extreme to people who would claim to believe in Jesus, but they have some misunderstandings about his nature and who he is. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Here's the, uh, to our update list earlier today on Thursday, usually around noontime, we send out our update telling you what our topic is going to be for discussion and giving you some questions that you can uh respond to so that we have your participation by email in the virtual on the virtual bible study that evening to our update list today and and you can always get on that update list if you're not by sending us an email just say add me to the list 
But uh, the, the questions we ask, how, number one, and we're going to fo- sort of follow this format, Jacob. These will be the, these will be the things we address uh, sort of in this order. Okay. Number one, how would you answer those who claim that Jesus never existed? Ooh, okay. Some people say he's just a mythological figure. So okay. how would you answer those who say there never was a man named Jesus Christ? Number two, uh, some teach that Jesus was a created being, yeah. therefore not eternal, yeah. and that he was perhaps an angel Maybe even the one identified in the scripture as Michael the Archangel. Yes, yes. All right. So, how would you uh, answer that? How would Those you respond? Two go together, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three. What is the best way to prove that Jesus has a distinct identity from the Father and the Holy Spirit? We talked about. We, we one time we had about that. Yeah, and we have, we have discussed ago. the Godhead. You know, right. the the three beings of the Godhead, we'll be touching on that there because some people, that's a mistaken idea I think people have about Jesus, that Jesus and the Father are one, just different manifestations of the same being. Yeah, we interviewed that preacher, I think, back in February, maybe. Okay, so so we'll we'll look at that. Number four, could it be possible that Jesus was a mere pretender and not really the promised Messiah? There was a guy named Jesus, but he wasn't the Messiah. He he just took it on. He's a con man. Some people teach that. How would you respond? Number five, it has been said that Jesus was certainly a good man, but nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. How would you answer? Mm-hmm. And then finally, number six, many declare that Jesus was a prophet sent from God, but only one of many such prophets and not even the greatest among the prophets. Mm-hmm. Is that true? All right. That's how we're going to go about it. All right. We look forward to your answers on those questions. We'll remind you of those questions as we get started. Uh, so if you're following along at home, you can send in your comments and you can join in with that discussion. 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com or join in the chat room with other listeners. If you'd like to give us a call on the phone tonight, the line is open. Jeff is behind the controls tonight and he can take your call. So give us a call and join in on the discussion. You probably will agree with us. Likely most of our listeners will agree with us on most of these uh, topics tonight, but we'd still like to hear from you and uh, your and experience with people who may have these if, understandings. If, if you agree, I, I, it's still a, a worthwhile uh, exercise for us to get our uh, thoughts together, get grounded in what the Bible teaches, so that when we confront people who have these erroneous, er, erroneous views about Jesus, we can we can knowledgeably address their error. All right, give us a call. Send us an email. Join in the chat room tonight as we talk about false ideas about Jesus. Let's start out with that first one, the idea that Jesus never existed, that he was just sort of made up, that over a period of time, people invented stories about someone named Jesus. Sort of like Paul Bunyan. A Paul Bunyan tale, a folklore, a myth, uh, that that he's not real, he never really existed, that all the stories that we repeat and tell about Jesus and his deeds and and his teachings are just things that men invented and assigned to this mythological figure named Jesus. In fact, I thought it was interesting. I found a note in the Great Soviet Encyclopedia, which was published in Moscow, Russia in 1952. Mm. So you got a, an encyclopedia. An encyclopedia ought to have an entry for somebody named Jesus. Because people they, are going to be looking for it, so yeah. they go to their government-supplied encyclopedia yeah. mm-hmm. and, and there was there was an entry under oh, jesus what did it say? two lines it's and it says that jesus is the name of the mythological founder of christianity 
Mm. That's what the Soviets so taught. So there he is. Now get, get get lost and go. Yeah. So you know, but they're not the only ones who deny that there ever was an historical Jesus. Okay. But we've got we got some references. We don't have great detail here, but to get maybe give you a place to look for more historical information. I think many will recognize the name of the Jewish historian Josephus. Okay. He mentioned Jesus twice in his writing. Um, in Antiquities 18.3.3 and 20.9.1, Josephus mentions Christ. He was he, He's an acknowledged and respected Jewish historian. The Babylonian Talmud refers to Jesus' trial by the Sanhedrin and his execution on the eve of the Passover. Uh, several Roman sources, Pliny, governor of Bithynia, wrote a letter to the Roman emperor Trajan in A.D. 112, mm-hmm. And in it, he referred to the fact that Christians gather on a certain day to worship Christ as if he were a god. Uh, and, it, and also referenced in that the letter as well the fact that uh, that uh, he could not get them to deny their faith and, and do some idol worship that he was wanting them to do. Okay. The historian Tacitus, in, in his annals, dated A.D. 115, comments regard, regarding one Christus, who was condemned to death by Pontius Pilate. And then finally, Sidonius, dated about A.D. 120, secretary to the emperor Hadrian, mentions the expulsion of certain Jews from Rome during the controversy surrounding Christus. And so all of those, within less than 100 years of the death of Jesus, we've got all of those historical references. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob, but it would seem to me that if you were going to argue that Jesus was a mythological figure, it would take a lot longer than, you know, 60, 70, 80 years for a myth to evolve. Right. Uh, and yeah, so, it would be like saying it would be, be equivalent of saying that there was some historical figure in 1960. And he, he wasn't real. In the United States. Yeah. He, he lived in he lived in. Virginia. But if if someone invented a mythological figure in 1960, we would know right. today that that's just a mythological well, people figure. People around who were in, around in 1960 who would have said, oh, I was there and it didn't happen. Yeah, that's just a story somebody told. That's yeah. not real. So you're saying 60 years from the time of Christ, people were already saying We're reporting, that. historically reporting information yeah. about him. And so, I mean, that that just kills the argument that he he's a mythological figure or that that he didn't exist as, as a historical reality. Okay. Jesus, there was definitely a man who lived in Palestine named Jesus. And and so, I mean, if you don't go any further than that, you have to. I mean, any reasonable person has to accept the evidence that there was such a man who lived in that time. All right. Larry is in the chat room from Stanton, Kentucky, and he says, People believe that George Washington existed by verified history. We can conclude the same thing about Jesus who was verified in history. And, you know, we have... Some of the similar proofs that George Washington existed, that Christ uh, existed. We have no pictures of George Washington. Uh, we don't have George Washington's body. Uh, we uh, have historical accounts of, of George Washington. We believe that he existed. Don't have any photographs. No photographs. Okay. Uh, uh, Steve makes a good point in the chat room. He says, unlike Washington, Jesus was verified in prophecy before he was born. In other words, the Old Testament told of a, a, a one who would come and gave details as to how to identify him, and Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies. And so not only do we have, uh, th- that's sort of an interesting thought, not only do we have the historical after reporting that Jesus lived, 
we have prophecy that suggested what would happen while he lived, and and here came this one named Jesus who did exactly what the prophet said he would do. All right. The number to call is 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And uh, the chat room is still going strong. Steve says in 1 Corinthians 15, there were over 500 eyewitnesses still alive and were uh, they were still alive. So Yeah, that uh, that's when Paul was reporting about... Okay. There were 500 the pe- that had seen him, and as, some were still alive. Yeah. There were 500 who seen him resurrected right. from the dead. Correct. First uh, Corinthians 15, 6, after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to this present, but some are fallen asleep. And I think probably what Steve has reference to there, these reports circulated within the lifetime of the people who were the eyewitnesses. You know, if you were, if you were going to tell a mythological story, you, you, you wouldn't try to claim it was true within the lifetime of the people who, who would have had firsthand knowledge of it. Right. This verifies that it was truthful. Paul's basically saying, if you don't believe me, you can go ask them. Yeah. They saw it. Ask them. Yeah. And, so, and, and you've also got some historical references that you have not uh, looked at, uh, uh, some supporting evidence. Uh, we have the historical account of the, of the apostles and uh, their willingness to die for the cause. Again, that proves that Jesus did exist. Uh, if this was a mythological character, Dad, that, let's say we started this 1960 character that was just a, a sham, never existed. You and I start to propagate the story. Uh, certainly, we would not be willing to die for the Paul Bunyan character that we've created in our heads. Yeah, that's right. I think that's a good point that, that you wouldn't, if you just made it all up and it never was based in reality, why would you continue to tell the story when you're, you're being thrown in jail and and some of you are being killed. Why do you keep telling the story if it's just made up? Right. Okay. Uh, in the chat room, Steve mentions Philo, uh, who, who makes a historical reference to Jesus. And Larry mentions Eusebius. Uh, I don't have those notes with uh, – I don't have a note reference to those, but uh, that may in fact be the case. But the, uh, in summer, we can just say simply there's an abundance of historical information that relates to Jesus as a real historical character. Eusebius. 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 I see you. you. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna uh, and we'll get back. Now, there are some people who say Jesus was a created being. He was not, in fact, deity. He was a created being, and they reference Colossians chapter one, verse fourteen, that where it says, "In whom we have redemption for, through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn." Of every creature, we got to answer that. Is Jesus a created being? It says there in First Corinthians, in Colossians one fourteen. He's the firstborn of every creature. Firstborn of every creature. Does that mean that Jesus is a created being? Send in your comments in the chat room. Open up your phone line and get on the line and give us a call or send us an email. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to 
to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Here are some quotes worth pondering. He does not rise high who knows not how to kneel. Edmund Burke said, All that is necessary for the triumph of evil men is that good men do nothing. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight, and this is the streaming weekly Bible study that you have joined, and we're glad that you have, and we hope you'll make it a uh, part of your schedule to be here every week for the virtual Bible study. We're talking about false ideas about Jesus and there are many, and we have a lot to talk about tonight, and we look forward to your participation. Before the break, we talked about a passage in First or Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, that talks about Jesus being the firstborn of every creature. And uh, that's interesting because there are religious groups in the world today who believe that Jesus was a created being. One of, the, one of the ones that we'll have most contact with, Jacob, is Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus was a created being. In fact, I have a quote from their their volume called Reasoning from the Scriptures. Uh, I've got that in my library. Some of our listeners probably do. They've, they've yeah, been out their, there for a while. That's their, sort of their handbook for... And they, in Reasoning from the Scriptures, it says concerning Jesus, he's the first of God's creations. He had a beginning. Okay, that's the, that, they don't miss any words. No, so that's definitely what they teach. That's from their own writings. Now, how, how are we going to answer that? Let's 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 go positive first, then we'll try to deal with their proof text. Okay. Tr- proof text. Now, Jared in the chat room mentions John chapter one verse one. Yeah, that's what I was going to go to, Jared. Uh, John one verse one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you got any doubt who who's under consideration there, skip down to verse fourteen, and it says, "And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory." The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So That's the Word Jesus. is Jesus. Got to be. No way okay. around it. Okay. So in the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word, Jesus, was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. Yep. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Oh, wow. Now, now think about that last expression. Without him, there was nothing made that was made of created things. Nothing was created that was not created, but that was created without him. Okay. So that phrase excludes the possibility that he himself is a created being. When it says without him was not anything made that was made, logically it excludes him from being a made thing, a I, created thing. You would think so. I mean, how could you interpret that any other way? Yeah, and he was God. I mean, he wasn't a created being. He was God in verse 1. Yeah, God is eternal. Right. So you got that argument, but you also got it plainly saying, without him was not anything made that was made. Therefore, he couldn't be a created thing. All right. Jeff is behind the controls tonight. Jeff, you had an argument as well from Genesis chapter 1. Yes, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we read that God said, let us make man in our image. From that verse, we can simply understand that it's talking to more than one person. Okay, so a plurality of beings were there involved in the creation, right, Jeff? We're not, I think we're right. not paying Jeff enough. You, you, not only is he driving the controls, he's, he's got, getting the going. answers going. All right. Yeah. All right, now, okay, so we've got that. Let's let's try to answer. I mean, we make that point. They're going to throw a couple verses at us. Okay. One of them is the one that you mentioned, Jacob, from Colossians 1. Right. Colossians 1 
beginning verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now, that's where they like to stop. Yeah. Firstborn of every creature. But notice the next, very next phrase says, for by him were all things created. Well, then if he's created, if he himself is a created thing, this says, by him were all things created. Everything that was created was created by him. Okay. Again, the conclusion that you've got to logically reach is that he couldn't be a created being. If he created everything that was created, he himself could not be a created being. Yeah. Right? It goes on. By him were all things created that are in heaven and the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. This passage is talking about Jesus' preeminent position. Uh, it's talking about his rank. When, when he's called the firstborn of every creature, it's not talking about the chronology of creation, that he was created before, in order, before other things were created. It's talking about his position, his rank, it's, his preeminence. If you have any doubt about that, you can look at verse 18 in the same context of the next verse. And he is the head of the body, which is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. It's talking about, again, his position. Jesus was not the first person to be raised from the dead. Jesus, in fact, raised people from the dead. He's not the first one to be raised, but he is the firstborn, referencing to the position, uh, the birth order of, in the Old Testament, the firstborn. Yeah, had that's the what the Jews would have understood, that the firstborn had special rights or rank in Correct. the family. Correct. And that's how this expression is used here in Colossians 1.14, that he's the firstborn of every creature. So, again, I think within the passage itself, it argues that Jesus couldn't possibly be a created being because it says, for by him were all things created. All things were created by him, it says. Logic demands, therefore, that he himself could not be created. Okay. It just wouldn't fit in the passage. But, uh, but the right understanding of the firstborn expression is that of, his rank or preeminent. There is one more passage that uh, they would like to reference. Yeah, Revelation 3.14. Revelation 3.14 says, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The beginning of the creation of God. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses will use that as an argument. Say, He's the first thing God created. He, when God began creating things, Jesus was the first thing he created. He's the beginning of the creation of God. But that's a misinterpretation of the verse. Thayer says that that expression denotes first cause. Mm -hmm. A word, when it says the beginning of the creation of God, the beginning there is a word denoting first cause. He's what caused. He himself caused the creation of God. Yeah. Uh, A.T. Robertson says he's not the first of creatures, but the originating source of creation. Let me read that again. A.T. Robertson says he's not the first of creatures, but the originating source of creation. So that expression in the Greek does not talk about, again, chronology, but it talks about cause. the cause. He, he started. He started it all. Okay. All right, let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview. Uh, dot com. We look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight and also join in the chat room as well. All right. Um, so I, I think we've answered that argument, that misinterpretation or false view of Jesus that he was a created being. 
I know. Uh, okay, we'll get into uh, some mo some more of this. I think there's some some arguments in the in the fact in the, the uh, chat room that he is not uh, as much as deity as the father would be. That he is somewhat lesser deity. And uh, the the reference uh, in the chat room is by Steve in Philippians chapter two verse six, who says he was in the form of God. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And I think that argues against Steve's point that uh, Jesus. Uh, is somehow lesser deity than the Father because it says here that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It wasn't something that was out of place. It wasn't something that uh, would have been uh, something that he could not have claimed. He was equal with God. I don't understand how that verse could be argued to say that he's any less God than the Father is. He was in the form. He had the same form as God. He was in the form of God. He had the form of deity. He was in the same form as the Father. Right. And he didn't think it was robbery to be considered equal with God. But he laid that aside and came and dwelt as a man among us. Right. Uh, that, that verse doesn't say that. And, uh, and, and, and position or uh, authority does not imply any lesser uh, the extent of deity, nor does it uh, in a human realm, does it just because uh, a police officer or uh, someone might have authority over you, Steve does not indicate that you are any less human than the police officer. You just have different, uh, a different relationship, different rank. That's right. Nick in Florida uh, references Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So those descriptions are assigned to Jesus. And uh, he, is, he is deity. He, he, he is uh, one of those who possess that, all that realm of characteristics that we call deity i'm happy to see that nick is in the chat room tonight because my son is down there in florida with nick his grandfather and uh, if nick is busy typing that means he can't be spoiling my son so I'm oh, gonna... I, I already talked to nick earlier this week and put him on that task oh, oh well, full, full board all right we'll distract him as long as we can all right let's get to let's get to the, the next argument we want to deal with uh, and yeah we got time to introduce this at least because it kind of goes hand in hand and the jehovah's witnesses are again behind this argument that Jesus was actually just an angel and and was, in fact, Michael, the archangel, who is referenced uh, in the scriptures. What about the idea that Jesus was an angel? Well, I, I think there's some quick arguments to make against that view, Jacob. Angels refused to be worshipped. Uh, Revelation 22, verse 8, when I, John, saw these things and heard them, uh, when I heard and let me start over. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of, the, of thy brethren the prophets okay. and of them that keep the sayings of the book, worship God. So the angel okay. said, Don't worship me, worship God. That's in Revelation 22. John wanted to worship the angel, said, Forget it. The angel said, gonna Don't do worship it. me, worship okay. God. Okay. Now, what did Jesus do? Behold, uh, Matthew 8, beginning verse 2. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, I can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was clean. Here comes a guy worshipping Jesus. Does Jesus say, don't worship me, worship God? That's what the angel said in Revelation. The angel of Revelation said, don't worship me, worship God. Here in Matthew 8, verses 2 and 3, a man comes and worships Jesus. What does Jesus do? He allows it. Yeah. He allows it. He accepts worship. If Jesus in, was just an angel, he should have the same response that the angel had in Revelation 22. In fact, it's a sin to worship angels. Colossians 2.18 says, 
let no man beguile you of your reward in a worship. And, and then and one of the ways they would do that is in the worshiping of angels. It's a sin to worship angels. If Jesus was worshiped, people were sinning and doing it, and he was allowing them to sin in the process of doing it. All right, and Hebrews chapter 1 talks about how Jesus is so much better than the angels, makes a contrast between Jesus and the angels. If Jesus was just an angel, the whole uh, reference here in Hebrews chapter 1 makes no sense, but Hebrews chapter 1 beginning verse 4, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent uh, name than they, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. The question there, for unto which of the angels said he at any time these things? He has not said it to any angels. He said it to his son, Jesus, who is deity, not an angel. That whole passage in Hebrews is clearly showing that Jesus is superior to any and all angels. So, and again... Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses teach that view, but, I mean, it's absolutely anti-biblical. Steve references, again, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, where it said Jesus became a little lower than the angels. How do you explain that? Well, when he came to live as a man, sure. men are lower than angels. Right. But Jesus, when he was in heaven, was higher than the angels. He surrendered he, his position. That's right. Okay. For the time that he was here on earth. Exactly right. Okay. All right. We I think we're probably pretty close up to a break. Let's take a break, Jacob, before okay. we get to our next a uh, uh, question that we want to deal with, and that is the identity of Father, Son, and Spirit. Some teach that Jesus is, is the, there's just one being, and he manifests himself sometimes as the Father, sometimes as the Son, sometimes as the Holy Ghost. What about that view? We've had a whole program on the past. We'll real, quick, real quickly sort of summarize the answer to that position. All right, we'll take a break, get this week's bullet point, and hopefully get your comments in the queue. Send them in now to questions at codlessu.com. Send them in the chat room, or better yet, get on the phone and be ready to go when we get back. We'll take a short break, and we'll continue the discussion right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. What do you do when you see a fellow Christian make a mistake? It may be a simple error of judgment, or it could be a more serious blunder, a sin that could potentially send his soul to eternal hell. What will you do? Actually, there are several options open to you. You could, for instance, ignore the situation totally, or you might, in your own mind, ridicule his foolishness. If you're a little bolder, you could gossip with others about his error, belittling him as you do so. You see, there are a number of things you could do, but of course there's only one thing you should do. There's only one God-ordained course of action. James chapter 5, verse 20 says, he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The fact is that we all need the help, encouragement, and strengthening that comes from our brethren. Sadly, too often we do things that hinder rather than help our brother when he is down. The next time you're confronted with such a situation, remember that if you want to please God, your choice is already made. If your brother has made a mistake, there can be no ignoring the problem. No backbiting gossip, no thoughts of ridicule or humiliation. You must go to your brother with the help he needs. Don't forget that you are certain to need this kind of help in the future, too. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jack Coleman member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 
381-4567. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. We welcome you back to the virtual Bible study tonight, and we will uh, remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're listening to us in the podcast and you've never been to our website, check it out and find out more information about us, as well as... Uh, listing of all of our programs for the last almost six years on a wide variety of Bible subjects. We hope you'll check us out. And if you have any questions or comments, we hope, we hope you'll let us know. We appreciate Jeff for being behind the controls tonight, Dad. And we should uh, we should do a, be thankful for him. You uh, you called me uh, while we were still on, on our way to the program tonight. You We had great confidence that Jeff would already be here and have everything running. Uh, Jeff, what time did you get here tonight to prepare for the program? Oh, about 7. Uh, okay, about 7. All right, that's great. Uh, and we appreciate uh, your effort uh, to get us on the air. All right. Uh, thanks, Jeff. We do appreciate your work. Uh, let's go to our next misconception or false view of Jesus, and that is that Jesus is the same person as the Father. You know, as, as we mentioned before the break, there are those who teach that. Typically, we, we would identify these as the oneness Pentecostals. They, they are oneness. They believe that Jesus is, is one manifestation, the Father is another, the Holy Spirit is another, but they're all the same being, just mm-hmm. manifesting themselves in different yeah, ways. when do we talk about that? I'll find uh, that. Go uh, ahead. I, 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 there's a lot of Bible verses. We're going to go to some that have been sent in, but uh, one that I like is from John 8, verses 17 and 18. Jesus said, It is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me too. The argument that Jesus made there makes no sense at all if he's one and the same being. In fact, it was a fallacious or actually deceptive argument if Jesus is one and the same being. I mean, you'd have to to conclude that. Uh, That that program was on January 13th, 2011. Pentecostal preacher discusses oneness doctrine. Again, you can find that at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. But it was a good discussion. We went into those arguments and a lot more on uh, why Jesus could not be uh, the same as the Father uh, and that the oneness doctrine is simply false. Got a, got an email from our friend Pat in Harvest, Alabama, who who gives, oh man, a long list of verses. And I won't have time to read them all, showing distinction in the Godhead. Matthew twelve thirty one and thirty two. Blasphemy of the Son is different from blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That that doesn't make any sense if it's if they're not the same. Mark thirteen thirty two. The, the Father knows the time of the second coming, but the Son does not know. Wow. John 8, 16 through 18, Jesus is not alone, but he, and that's the one I just referenced, uh, uh, John 18, uh, where he and the Father give t- testimony. He's not alone. He and the Father both give testimony. John 1, 1, God was with God. The Word was with God. Jesus was with the Father. Uh, and just on and on it goes. He, I, 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 I'm expecting there's two dozen different verses there. Wow. That he, and, and I know that Pat has dealt with that subject in public discussions before. So no doubt he's used all those kind of arguments to uh, to show the distinction between Father and Son and Spirit. Uh, here's another, oh, another long, he got ten arguments. The Bible calls Jesus God. Uh, John 20, verse 28, Thomas answered, sent to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Acts 20, 28, feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Jesus is God. Uh, and, and on it goes. So Pat's got a lot of arguments there that, that I think definitively prove a distinction in, in the personality or being of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And so those who argue that Jesus is the Father, that it's just a different manifestation, uh, is uh, they're just they're wrong on that. All right, Jeff's pulling double duty tonight. He's got another comment, Jeff. Uh, um, in both Matthew chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen, we find all three of the Godhead of Jesus when he was being baptized, the Holy Spirit when he was descending like a dove, and the voice of God coming down from heaven. Yeah. Yeah, and you, that was also found in Genesis in the beginning. We have uh, God and the Spirit of God. In verse 2, we have the Spirit hovering, hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, God is speaking. And then as I pointed out earlier in, in verse 26 of that same chapter, it talks about us making man in our image. Yeah, so who's, who's the us there if... if, if uh... God is just uh, the Father. All right. I think that's right. Good answers, uh, Jeff. Uh, so, again, th- those who have the false view that Jesus and God are one and the same, Jesus and the Father are one and the same, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one and the same, this is not borne out by the Scripture. All right. Are we Eight. getting any chatter no, on that? There's a lot of, well, there, no, not on this subject. Uh, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com uh, tonight. To give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, maybe you've studied with some who have false ideas about Jesus. We'd like to hear from you. You know, we miss this. Uh, those who say Jesus is uh, actually Michael the Archangel. Uh, also, those who believe it are the Seventh-day Adventists, apparently. I learned that tonight. That they, so they, not they, only did Jehovah's Witnesses teach that view, yeah. but the Seventh-day Adventists yeah. as well. So, again, what we're saying is uh, we need to be prepared to address these things because there's a, there's a pretty good chance we're going to encounter people who have one or more of these false views. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Oh, uh, Larry references John 17, where Jesus is praying before his crucifixion. He's praying to God. Who's he praying to? Is he praying? To, is he just talking to himself there? Yeah. I mean, and he's not. He didn't come to do his will, but he came to do the Father's will. How does that work out? Uh, you're, you're talking in circles there. It, it, well, if if the if the oneness position is true, then you got Jesus with split personality. He's he, some kind yeah. of schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. He didn't. Yeah. Know, he didn't know it. He didn't yeah. understand yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, the next idea we want to talk about was that there are some who argue that Jesus was just a pretender, mm. that he wasn't really the Messiah, that he perhaps was even some kind of mentally deranged person or some kind of a megalomaniac. He had read his Old Testament, pretty good student of the Old Testament, uh, and he read those prophecies that were made about the Messiah, and he wanted people to think he was. He wasn't, but he wanted people to think he was. And so he began to try to self-fulfill the prophecies that were made of the Messiah. He was some type of con man. Yeah. Or, was, as, or as Philip in Australia might say, a confidence trickster. That's how we get con trickster. man. Confidence oh. trick, trickster. Okay. Uh, Peter in Australia. Peter in Australia. Yeah, yeah. he might say. He, he might said, say he's a confidence yeah. tricks, uh, trickster. All right. Well, there was actually a book written 30 or more years ago by a fellow named Hugh Schoenfeld. And it was called, I remember it being making some news at the time, it was called The Passover Plot. Mm-hmm. And he, he argued that this Jesus of Nazareth was just this sort of megalomaniac who wanted people to imagine that he really was the, the, the Messiah, although he clearly was not. And so he went through a very intricate pro- process of deception, even to the point that uh, he and Joseph of Arimathea conspired to make it look like he died on the cross so that he could claim the uh, resurrection. Unfortunately, the plans went a little bit astray when the Roman soldier thrust his spear into his side and actually killed this guy. 
But Joseph of Arimathea went to plan B, got an imposter to stand in and pretend to be the resurrected Jesus. I mean, this guy stayed up nights dreaming mm-hmm. all of this Wasting stuff, his time. stuff up. Um, but the I, I think the, in answer to that, Jacob, I would argue that those who were in the best position to know for sure were fully convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. Willing to die for it. They were willing to die for it. In Acts chapter 4, beginning verse 18, the council called the apostles and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Now, that's a pretty strong group of men. They are the ones, in fact, who had been responsible for demanding Jesus' death. Same people. They could get these guys killed, too. Yeah. They, they commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You can go ahead and threaten us if you want to, but we have got to keep reporting what we have seen and heard. We were eyewitnesses of these things. Now, these are the same people who left and fled from Jesus, all right? So if they, they, if they, were, uh, they didn't know about the scheme and they fled before or what, you know, why, what has changed from them being cowards who run away now we'll be willing to stand before the same people and say, chop her head off. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. The, the only thing that makes sense is that they were fully convinced. And as I said, they were the ones who were in the best position to know whether these things were about Jesus were true or not. And they were willing to lay down their lives for his sake. You know, it might be like this, Jacob. Just for sake of argument, let's, let's imagine that Peter gets up. And Jesus has been crucified. He's dead. He's gone. It's over. Over. But Peter gets around the other apostles and says, yeah, listen, guys, you know. Uh, we had a good thing going. We, we had a pretty good little thing going there. and We might be able to prolong this if we begin to tell a lie yeah. that we saw Jesus resurrected. Mm-hmm. You know, we might get we might get to go on a speaker's tour, make, make some money for public appearance. Autographs. Maybe sign autographs. Yeah. Let's do T-shirts. this. And the others say. Not a bad idea, Peter. We'll 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 go with you on yeah, that. The fish deal. aren't biting right now. Let's do it. Yeah. So they start. So let's just say that that's sort of. I mean, we're we're obviously a lot of tongue in cheek yeah. there, but let's just say that that's what they, they they devised this scheme with the idea that they could get rich and famous by claiming what didn't happen. Right. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Right. But suddenly, almost immediately, things start going bad. Yeah. They get arrested. They get thrown in jail. They get beaten. And then some of them start getting put to death. Yeah. As soon as that opposition started, if it was a lie and they knew it, as soon as that opposition started, what do you think they would have done? Yeah. They would say, hey, hey Peter, I don't know about you. I'm out of here. Bad idea. This, this idea is let's not working. Here. Let's, let's, let's get out of here because this is not working. They didn't do that. Yeah. They kept right on and they laid down their lives for his cause. I think to me that's the strongest proof concerning the identity of Jesus and especially the, the positive proof of his resurrection. All right. Is that those who were in a position to know uh, uh, were willing to lay down their lives. Uh, got an email from Don in Antioch, Tennessee. He says, I would tell anyone who believed that Jesus was a pretender that the word mere, mere pretender, would have to be replaced with great because this would have been the greatest con job of <laughs> oh, all time. Man, you got it. And that it would take a larger leap of faith to believe that he was a fake than to believe that he was for real. Good point, Don. I think that's right. You know, this was, this was a masterful event if yeah. this was just a con. Yeah. I mean, that's a miracle in and of itself to be able to pull that one off. Good point, Don. Yeah, good point, Don. Glad that you're out there tonight. All right. Uh, what do you got? Anything else? 
Uh, let's see. I was looking to see if there's anything going on in the chat room. Uh, let's see. I think we've got let's, we've covered most of it here. Uh, Jeff mentions the virgin birth. That's uh, that's that's a pretty hard hard one to pull off as well. Virgin birth, empty tube. Uh, how do you explain those things? Uh, and and Steve, I think again, probably tongue in cheek. Let's get stoned, jailed, whipped, and killed, and keep doing it. Why? Because we know it's not true. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, he, he, he and he said Jesus would have given Houdini a run for his money as well. You know, to get out of that tomb. Yeah. You know, some of you will say he was not dead. Oh yeah, that's him. an interesting tale in itself. Yeah, How did he get out? Of, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We're up against our last break, Jacob. Let's take that. What's up after uh, the break? And when we get back, we want to deal with a, an argument that's made that Jesus was just, he was certainly a good man, but he was just a man, a good man, but a, just a man. All right. And then there's some who say he's a prophet. Just just a prophet, yeah. like other prophets. Well, even the Muslims believe that. Well, in, in my question, I said there are many who claim that Jesus was just a prophet from God, just one of many, not and not even the greatest. That's the Muslim position, and there's a oh, lot of man. Muslims in the world who believe that today. Yeah, that, that position has got lots of problems as well. So we're going to take that break. And we'll give you about 15 minutes after the program, after the break uh, to the top of the hour to get your comments in. Especially like to hear from you on the phone. Uh, the phone is open, and we're ready to take your call toll-free at 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. We go to the top of the hour right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. <laughs> and then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> and at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. My name is Rick Harris and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program talking about misconceptions and false ideas about Jesus. We've named a lot so far, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you as we talk about some more that are prominent and perhaps even growing in popularity in the world today. All right, let's talk about this this view that some people have, and it's a false view. We're dealing with false views about Jesus. But what about the idea that Jesus was a good man but nothing more than that? That's a pretty convenient uh, way to look at Jesus. I wrote a note here uh, from Steve Allen, and I know that name probably doesn't mean a lot to our younger listeners, yeah. but those who are older will remember the late Steve Allen, uh, an entertainer and a comedian. But he did a good bit of writing. He was not a believer. In fact, he was quite antagonistic to religious faith. But here's what he said about Jesus. Steve Allen, 
quote, among human heroes, Jesus is supreme. For he not only preached, but apparently demonstrated the virtues of compassion, charity, love, courage, faith, intelligence. He approaches the ideal of perfection more closely than anyone else who ever lived. Wow. So uh, Steve, Steve Allen. I liked him. He's a good guy. He's yeah. a cer- certainly a good man, a great man. Maybe one of the, maybe the best man who ever lived. Yeah. But just a man. Yeah. Uh, now, what about that? Uh, I would argue that that is, a, again, an illogical position to take. If you think about it, it's it's illogical because if he was just a man, then he was lying when he said he was the son of God. Yeah. And he was deceiving people, and he was accepting praise and worship that he didn't deserve. He, he, he's a, if, if he's just a man, he's, he's not a good man. No, he's not at he's all. He's a liar. He's a terrible man. He's either a liar or a lunatic who had, you know, Delusional. delusions about who he really was. Certainly. But he certainly wasn't a good man. If he uh, wasn't the son of God, he was a bad man. He, he, and Paul says, on the point of Jesus being just a good man or a prophet, you can't have it both ways. He said he was the son of God. He claimed to be deity. Either he was or he was a liar and a fraud. I am convinced he truly is the son of God and that he possesses the attributes of deity. Good point, Paul. Sure. Jeff has a comment as well. Jeff. Yes, in Matthew chapter 17, the transfiguration of Jesus is what it's well known as. Um, we see that he was talking to both Moses and Elijah. If he was just a good man, why would he have been able to talk with these people in a different period? Of time? Okay, all right. So one of, the, one of the proofs of his deity right there is his transfiguration. I think you're right, Jeff. If anybody doubts that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God... Uh, reference Matthew 16, beginning verse 15, Jesus said, Who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, Peter said, Well, you're the Son of God. Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? Peter said, Well, you're the Son of God. Jesus didn't back away from that. He didn't say, "Oh, Peter, come on, please, oh, you know, don't, 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 you know, don't try to flatter me with those words." Yeah, come on, Peter. Instead, he said, "You're right, Peter." And the only way you could have known that is because the Father has revealed it to you. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus definitely made the claim. And so, back to the point that we were making. The point Paul is making as well. You can't have it both ways. You can't say he was a good man, and then say, "But he wasn't divine. He wasn't the Son of God. He wasn't the Messiah." Because if he wasn't the Son of God, if he wasn't the promised Messiah, then he was a desperate liar, and so he was he was actually a bad man. Sure. And so I, I, I'm surprised that a person like Steve Allen or others can't see the illogic of that position. Well, the logic behind it is that uh, that if he's just a good man, you don't have to listen. Well, that's not logic. That's the reason. That's the reasoning. But it's not it. logic. It's no. not logical to not believe in him. It is good. I mean, it, it, the reasoning makes sense if you don't want to believe in him. Just uh, believe what, do what he said, just don't believe that he had the authority to tell, tell you that. All right, let's go to our last oh, uh, false view we wanted to deal with. And again, this is a, an enormously believed false position because all the Muslims believe this, that Jesus was one prophet among many. He was a prophet. He was one sent from God. But he was just one among many. Uh, and they, they claim that he wasn't even the greatest uh, of the prophets. Of course, they believe that Muhammad was the greatest of the prophets. 
Jesus was just one prophet among many. How are we going to answer that? All right. Uh, uh, go ahead. Well, um, the, the the Muslims believe this. Uh, they they consider him to be a messenger of God, but certainly not. Have you got a quote there? Yeah, I'm working on that. Go ahead and get started. I'll get okay. you. I'll get you a quote. Okay. Um, certainly, D- Jesus didn't claim to be just one of many prophets. Notice John 14:6. Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me." Whatever, what other prophet ever said that? That I am the way to the Father, and no one can can come to the Father except they come through me. Jesus certainly set himself apart as being different from just other prophets, and the apostles taught that he was different. In Acts chapter four, verse twelve, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name, the name of Jesus, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus and the apostles taught he was not just a prophet. He was the Son of God and the only way to the Father. And the Muslims, you ready for those quotes? Yeah. Uh, from the Quran, uh, Surah 3 uh, says, It is he who sent down to thee, step by step in truth, the book confirming what went before it. And he sent down the law of Moses and the gospel of Jesus before this as a guide to mankind. And he sent down the criterion of judgment between right and wrong. In other words, he sent a gospel through Jesus and then the Quran, Surah 5, and in their footsteps he sent Jesus, the son of Mary, confirming the law that had come before him. He sent him the gospel. Therein was guidance and light and confirmation of the law that had come before him and guidance and admonition to those who fear Allah. But the people of the gospel judge by what Allah hath revealed therein. If any do fail to judge by the light of what Allah hath revealed, they are no better than those who rebel. So they're saying Jesus had a message from God. He was a prophet. How can you have a message from God and then disregard what he said? Yeah, exactly right. So uh, the Muslims believe that. They teach that. But you can't accept what Jesus claimed. Again, these things can't go together. If he's just a prophet, then it doesn't fit together because he claimed he he was the avenue to the father and the only avenue only to the avenue father. To father so you can't have it both ways you can't say he's just a prophet not even the greatest of the prophets he's just one messenger from god uh if that's true then how, how do we harmonize what he said he, he was he was telling lies he was making false claims and yet he's supposedly a prophet from god how could that be he'd be a false prophet yeah. if that'd be so so the muslims are clearly wrong on that all right let us know your thoughts eight seven seven Three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu.com or Jeff, you've got a comment. Yes, um, in uh, Matthew chapter three, in the baptism of Jesus, we uh, see that um, John the Baptist said, "I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire." We under we understand that that was meaning that somebody else was going to come along who was going to bring a law. But in 13, um, it said, it shows that Jesus came came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John prevented it, prevented it because he knew he was somebody who, who, that he was the son of God that had been prophesied. All right. All right. 
Let us know your thoughts uh, quickly. We're almost out of time. Dad, any other comments? I, I was just looking at here in the chat room. Paul mentions John 10:1. Jesus says, anyone who tries to enter any other way except through Christ is a thief and a robber. All right. So you've got to come through Christ again. Uh, Larry mentions the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, uh, the preaching of Jesus and the baptizing of those who believe. All power was given to him. All power given to him. I thought of one more thing we might add. A, maybe maybe the most prevalent false view of Jesus, Jacob, yep. and, and that is that Jesus is such a one who could never bring himself to punish anybody. That that like the Father, Jesus is a loving being, and really it would just be impossible beyond his power, beyond his capabilities to ever bring himself to punish anyone. That's a common false view of God. I think people also have that same false view of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but notice what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25, beginning verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall he say to them on the left, uh, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, Jesus said that. Jesus said he was going to say that that in the last and final judgment, then he's going to assign those who were not uh, obedient to any everlasting fire. He'll be the one who does that. He, he said do he would do it. He said he would do it. And so the view that Jesus is such a loving being, like the Father himself, he could never bring anyone to pun never bring himself to punish anyone. It's just a very false view. But I want to tell you, we're surrounded by people in our world who think that way, that Jesus... Jesus is just love, and, and he's going he's gonna to take care of me. I, I don't have to do anything. It's, Jesus will just save me no matter what I do. Yep, yep, it is a very prevalent view, and it's just one of many that we've listed tonight, and certainly it was a good discussion. Uh, it's important that we believe Jesus, we believe who he was, and uh, believe what the Bible teaches about him, and so this was a very valuable discussion. There are many who uh, are confused about the characteristics of Jesus. Quickly, before we finish on the program tonight, we've got a couple of interesting programs in coming weeks. Um, Two weeks from tonight, uh, we have a senator, Tennessee Senator Bill Ketron, has agreed to be with us on the program. Uh, he's got a new uh, law that could have some implications uh, on our religious freedom. Yeah, he's, he's proposed an anti-bullying law in the Tennessee legislature uh, that, that may have implications. He, I don't think he intends it to, but it may have implications toward our, our uh, freedom of religion. Because yeah. he says, basically, that I, as I take it, Jacob, and he'll give us clarification on this, but as I take it, if you were to say anything publicly by way of the Internet or otherwise that makes people feel intimidated or makes them feel uncomfortable, yeah. you can't do that yeah. by this new law. Yeah. Well, how would, that, how would that work if we tell a homosexual, for instance, that that's a sin and you'll go to hell if you continue to practice it? Makes them uncomfortable. I would think that would be intimidating or make them feel uncomfortable. We, right. want, we want to ask Senator Ketron uh, how, he, how, how the law will fit to those kinds of scenarios. He's been kind enough to join us two weeks from tonight, Jan, uh, July 14th. Yeah. And then hopefully the week following that, you've arranged another yeah, uh, yeah, a, a Baptist preacher from here in Middle Tennessee has agreed to be with us to talk about the the sinner's prayer. Yeah. They recently sent out some advertising in which they encouraged people to pray the sinner's prayer to be saved. And so I contacted him and said, we'd like to talk about our differences on that because we don't believe that that's how a person is saved from sin by praying the sinner's prayer. He said, 
Okay. We're, we're looking forward to an honest and uh, kind discussion along those lines. Uh, we'll look forward to his, uh, his viewpoint and his explanation of why he believes a sinner's prayer is valid. We've got an international listening audience again. We tonight. do. We've got two we, listeners. We've got Larry, Larry in Stanton, Kentucky. Now, that's that, not that's almost, uh, almost uh, out, out, out of the country, but it's not. Uh, Tony is in New Brunswick, Canada. Jared is in Toronto, Canada. And then we've got a listener in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. We're glad for everybody listening to the version of Bible study. we got Florida there that I recognize, and Paul is in Bloomington, Indiana. I think David's up somewhere maybe in Michigan tonight. So we do have a wide variety of uh, locations on the program tonight. We're glad uh, for your presence on the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, Jeff, thank you for driving on the program tonight. Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for listening to the virtual Bible study. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.